welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spratt, a writer for Football Outsiders, part of Edge Sports. The Week 7 games are on the horizon, so today I'm going to talk through all of my favorite DFS plays for the week. But before we get to that, I want to share with you an exclusive offer from Football Outsiders. Football Outsiders is the innovators of modern football analytics with proprietary metrics you know and love like DVOA and DYAR. Those stats are used by teams, and they're also great tools for fantasy players. So get the most out of your fantasy teams and DFS lineups with an FO Plus package. You can become an outsider today with the promo code FANTASY25, which will save you 25% off site-wide. That's code FANTASY25 in all caps to save 25% off site-wide on all of Football Outsiders tools and statistics. Okay, I kind of want to center this with a featured game with the Packers and Texans this weekend. I was joking in my start and sit article about Deshaun Watson and and just about the Texans' schedule in general. Their first three weeks, they faced the Chiefs, Ravens, and Steelers, who were all at this point still in the top eight in DVOA pass defense. Unsurprisingly, at that point, Watson was averaging just 17.5 fantasy points per game outside the top 15 at the position, and that got Bill O'Brien fired. Uh, Since then, he's faced a much easier slate, including both easier opponents and games at home, which is a critical point for Watson because he's averaged 1.8 more fantasy points per game at home than on the road since 2017. And so he's rebounded nicely to a top five rate of 25.3 fantasy points per game. This week, he's at home, plus he faces the Packers defense that's number 30 in overall DVOA and number 25 against both the run and the pass, defensively I'm talking about. So it's a really nice matchup. The Packers boost completion percentage for quarterbacks by 8%, yards per attempt by 5%, and touchdowns per attempt by 3%. So all kind of boosting in his favor. So I think Watson is a great start again this week as his DFS prices, they continue to lag a little bit, I would say, um, based on what I would expect for him over a more balanced schedule over the full season. I see him at about $1,000 surplus in both platforms. Meanwhile, David Johnson, also a good value. I mentioned how the Packers are, are bad against the run as much as they are against the pass. So it's a good fit for Johnson, 750 surplus in DraftKings at 5,300, um, 650 surplus in FanDuel at 6,300. The Packers increase uh, yards per carry for running backs by 12% and touchdowns per carry by 93%, the second highest boost in football. So get both of them into your lineups. I see both Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks as a bit of a value at wide receiver, but I'm going to side with Cooks as the better value in, in DFS this week, about a $500 to $800 surplus in both DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, two real points here. One is that his target share has just increased dramatically over the last couple of weeks. Just 17.1% the first four weeks, jumped to 29.2% in weeks five and six, that latter rate being the 11th highest at the position. Some of that is probably just the schedule um, weirdness that, that we talked about earlier, but part of it too may just be him getting used to uh, his new team, developing chemistry with, with Watson. So I think that's probably a positive sign. Meanwhile, still as the clear wide receiver too behind Will Fuller in my mind, that'll probably help Brandon Cooks steer clear of cornerback Jair Alexander who's fifth among the 90 cornerbacks with 11, uh, 10 or more targets this season, allowing just 4.0 yards per target. So I think comparing the two, you know, Alexander may not stick to, to Fuller entirely, but uh, that's probably something that's going to help Cooks a little bit more in this matchup, help him take advantage of, of what's overall a, a poor pass defense. And then with the Packers, you may be scared off a little bit after Rodgers had such a bad week last week and their passing game did in general, but keep in mind that the Buccaneers are the number one overall defense, but also the number one DVOA pass defense, 
which may be a little bit different than you remember. Last season, they were particularly good in defending the run, which they still are. But some of their younger secondary pieces like Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean have really emerged to give them quality players at all three levels and improve their defense against the pass. So as such, I think that that was just a particularly difficult matchup for Rodgers. He'll have a much easier time this week against the Texans. They're 27th overall in, in defensive DVOA and 20th against the pass. I don't actually view Rodgers as a value in DFS. He's just still priced up a little bit, $300 uh, shortfall in value in DraftKings, $100 shortfall in FanDuel. But I think you can still stack him because I, st- I, I think Aaron Jones uh, and Devontae Adams are both tremendous values. Um, in particular in DraftKings, I would say for Aaron Jones, $1,000 surplus at $7,200. He's more expensive in FanDuel at $8,500. But the Texans, they not only do they boost yards per carry and touchdowns per carry for running backs, both in the top six in football, they also improve run plays by 17%. Wouldn't be shocked at all to see, you know, the, the Packers go up heavy in this game and be able to run a little bit more with Aaron Jones, boosting his fantasy value. And then with Adams, $1,250 surplus in DraftKings at 7900 but a little bit of a value shortfall in FanDuel, negative $500. Uh, the Texans, I would say they're particularly good for number one wide receivers as a matchup. They boost wide receiver one touchdowns per target by over 100%. That's the second most in football at their rate. So definitely get him into your lineups as well and feel free to stack really both both teams. Okay, for the rest of the players, I'm just going to go in order by position, starting with quarterbacks and starting with Derek Carr. I see him as more than $1,000 surplus in both DraftKings and FanDuel, which may come as a surprise because he's playing the Buccaneers. Already mentioned that with the Rodgers, how difficult they are as both a pass and a run defense. But I actually think that, weirdly, Carr and the Raiders may be a little bit better equipped to play against the Bucs. They have a more conservative offense. Uh, Carr, it's, it's up slightly, but he's still averaging just 7.0 average depth of target so far this season. So he's kind of going short more often. He is still very, very accurate, completing the second highest completion rate over expectation, according to the next gen stats behind just Russell Wilson. And I think they have a lot of guys that can really help him after the catch, which should hopefully boost his value there. It it may just be a situation where the, the platforms are maybe over correcting a little bit too much for what's a difficult matchup. So I think you can roll with him this week. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, probably a little bit easier to to say, um, a deeper league value, but he's top 10 with 206 pass attempts this season. So somebody that's going to get a lot of volume regardless of matchup. But if if the Panthers do fall behind on the road against the Saints, that could be something to boost his value. But the Saints also, they just aren't as good of a pass defense as I think all of us expected entering the season. Uh, So far, they're increasing passing yards per attempt by 7%. That's seventh highest in football. And passing touchdowns per attempt by 92%, the highest in football. So it could be a game where Bridgewater gets a little bit of extra work there and scores a touchdown, uh, maybe two or three touchdowns to to boost his fantasy value. And then one more name I'll mention in quarterback, Justin Herbert, rookie for the Chargers, $550 surplus in DraftKings at $6,400, $700 at $7,500 in FanDuel. He's averaged 21.6 fantasy points per game this season. That's actually ninth highest at the position among quarterbacks that have started at least four games. Uh, it's actually right in between Aaron Rodgers and then Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. So very excellent company there. And another player that's been extremely accurate with the third highest completion rate over expectation, according to next gen stats, maybe a little bit less expected that, uh, than Derek Carr, especially since Herbert seems a little bit more willing to throw the ball down the field. He's at home this week uh, facing the Jaguars defense that while they 
can often fall behind in games and encourage rushing. They do boost passing completion percentage by 8%, yards per target by 13%, and passing touchdowns per target by 26%. So all of those are really nice boost. And then sticking with the Chargers, Justin Jackson, actually probably my number one value across the platforms this week. I see him as a $2,000 surplus in DraftKings at just $4,900 and a $1,200 surplus in FanDuel at $6,100. I'm really not sure what we're seeing here. Like maybe it's related to the Jaguars matchup where they think that if the Chargers do a go-ahead, maybe Joshua Kelly will be the player that salts it away. But at least in week week five, before the Chargers were on by, Jackson had his first start in place of injured Austin Eckler and had a 46.9% carry share and, a six, and an 18.8% target share, pretty much identical to where Eckler's rates were sitting before he got injured. And I kind of see Jackson as a pretty nice skills replacement. He's got the same build, and he had a 30.8% broken tackle rate as a rookie in 2018. So I think you can probably just rely on him the way that you relied on Eckler when Eckler was healthy, at least until Eckler comes back. So it's a good situation in terms of role and a great situation in terms of opponent. So definitely ride with him in in all of your DFS lineups this week. And then Jarek McKinnon, kind of a similar situation replacing Raheem Mostert. Um, I see him as a much more um, appealing value in FanDuel, where he's a $1,600 surplus at $5,500. He's actually more expensive in DraftKings at $5,800, despite their their salary differences. So that's a little bit of a surprise, but $550 surplus there as well. I think there's a little bit of buzz related to rookie Jermichael Hasty, which I get he's an interesting prospect, but I think that his bump in touch volume last week came more because the 49ers had built a big lead, and so it was really more garbage time type of work. I'm going to trust the greater trends, which is that McKinnon averaged 19 touches per game in weeks three and four, the last time Mostert missed time. So I see him as, as probably the major beneficiary of that injury, at least this week, unless Tevin Coleman can maybe come back in a week or two. So McKinnon, another value in particular in FanDuel. Uh, next up, maybe an obvious one, Alvin Kamara, uh, particularly value in DraftKings, $1,300 surplus to just $7,900. He's a sh- slight shortfall in value in FanDuel, but at home facing the Panthers. If you listen to me at all, you know that I like to harp on the Panthers' bad run defense. It's actually been better lately. They allowed a rushing touchdown last week, but it was to Nick Foles, quarterback. So the la- two of their last three games, they haven't allowed a rushing touchdown to a running back. So maybe turning the corner, but I still see them as a top 10 booster of both yards per carry and in particular, a top five booster of touchdowns per carry at 89%. Uh, So I'm more than happy to rely on Kamara, who in any case gets a lot of his value from receiving work anyway. And then across the field, Mike Davis, another player that I think is still lagging a little bit in particular in DraftKings, where he's just $6,600 this week. I see him as more than $1,000 surplus there, just a $250 surplus in FanDuel at $7,700. But uh, 56.3% carry share since week three is 14th among running backs. 22.4% target share since week three is second among running backs. I think he's more or less a plug and play replacement for Christian McCaffrey while McCaffrey's out. So I don't really get why he's not getting more expensive. Maybe it's just a name brand recognition thing with McCaffrey versus Davis. But, yeah, take advantage while you can. It may just This may be the last week before McCaffrey can return from his ankle injury. So I like that a lot. And in particular, from the receiving side of things, New Orleans has allowed a big boost of um, touching, uh, receiving touchdowns per target for running backs. And that could be the ticket for Davis this week, actually, if the Panthers end up falling behind in this game. Okay, next up, Kareem Hunt of the Browns, about a $1,000 surplus on both platforms this week, kind of going on that sort of recent trend thing. 60% carry share since week five is 12th among running backs. 
10.8% target share since week five is 22nd among running backs. So very clearly in my mind, a running back one while Nick Chubb is out and gets a really nice matchup against the Bengals this week. I think we think of them as being a bad overall defense, but just the fact that they're kind of bad in general ends up leading their opponents to build leads and then salt the game away with rushing attempts. Uh, so they're run, they increase their opponents' run plays by 5%, um, and they also increase yards per carry by 21%. Love that value there. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, a strange discrepancy here between DraftKings and FanDuel. $7,800 salary in DraftKings makes him a six fifty surplus, but 9500 kind of the normal pricing there in FanDuel, makes him a little bit of a shortfall in value. But I think the key here is no matter how this game against Washington plays out, I think Elliott's going to have value. One, if, if Dallas plays what typically other teams have done and pulls ahead, They'll be able to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, Washington traditionally boosts run plays by 10%, six most in football. But if Dallas continues to struggle with Andy Dalton, uh, that's probably good news for Elliott's fantasy value as well because last week when, when that was the case, Elliott saw 11 targets, just a huge volume that really boosts his value, in particular in formats that score for PPR. So uh, that makes Elliott probably a good play, um, in, at least in DraftKings, and then also makes him a great play in traditional formats as well. But looking for a good play in FanDuel, I see Ronald Jones is a good value there. He's actually less expensive in FanDuel at 6100 versus DraftKings at 6200 despite their price differences. But Jones, since week four, has a 73.2% carry share that's second highest among running backs behind just James Robinson. Maybe a little bit of a surprise. Obviously, that relates to Leonard Fournette's injuries, but Fournette at least hasn't really established himself as being back and healthy yet. So I'm going to trust Jones until I see that. Meanwhile, I think Jones has just kind of emerged as a much better runner than many of us expected. He has a 149 DYAR this season that leads all running backs, and he has a 28% DVOA that's the third highest. So I think it's a great opportunity to take advantage of a Raiders matchup where the Raiders may actually be the new number one booster for opposing running backs. They increase yards per carry by 21%, fourth highest in football, and touchdowns per carry by 121%, new number one in football, passing the Panthers this season. Uh, the Raiders had their bye last week, but in the five games they've played this season, they've allowed two rushing touchdowns in all of them. So I think it's a real opportunity for Jones to maybe score a touchdown or two this week and help your fantasy squad out. And then one more running back to discuss, DeAndre Swift. Uh, this is a little bit more of a personal opinion thing, so you can sort of take it or leave it. But I see him as about a $500 surplus in both platforms based on an expectation that I have that he's probably going to see his workload continue to increase. Last week, he had 14 carries, which was a season high, which also makes it a career high, by nine. But he played just 38% of the, the Lions offensive snaps, kind of in line with where he had been all season. So you can sort of interpret that however you want to interpret it, but uh Swift, I, I'm going to guess, is the probably most talented player in their backfield. And as a rookie versus Adrian Peterson in his 30s, probably the player that's going to end up being a, sort of an important piece for their future build. So I see his workload going up over the rest of the season. And if that happens at all against the Falcons, it's a pretty nice matchup, in particular for a receiving back like DeAndre Swift has been so far this season. The Falcons are the number two booster of receiving touchdowns per target for running backs. So that also could help salvage, even if his workload is a little bit more split than you would hope. Swift, it could still be a, an interesting option for you this week. Okay, moving on to wide receivers. My number one value this week is Brashad Perryman of the Jets, over $1,000 surplus in both platforms. Part of that is just the fact that he's very inexpensive in both platforms, $3,700 in DraftKings, $4,800 in FanDuel. Uh, but the major point that I'll make here is that 
Perryman has averaged 0.079 opportunity adjusted receiving touchdowns per target since the start of 2019. That's the tied highest or tied for the sixth highest of the 96 wide receivers with 50 or more targets in that time. I think Perryman is a really nice red zone option for the Jets who have really been missing one. He's six foot two and 215 pounds. That gives him five inches and in, in, uh, almost 40 pounds on Jamison Crowder, their number one target who happens to be a slot receiver and isn't necessarily great in the red zone. So I think that's kind of a nice mix here. And then with the Bills, while you're obviously scared of them, in particular because of Tredavious White, they actually haven't been very good against the pass so far this season defensively. 21.2% pass defense DVOA is just 28th at the position. Uh, so it's it may be a situation where he has a little bit more value than you would expect. I think there may be overcorrecting for the Bills matchup, and that could leave um, Perryman as a bit of a play. Although check on Denzel Mims' status as well, because I think that could throw this into the air. It's a little bit unclear how that pecking order is going to shake out when the Jets finally, for the first time, have all of their receivers healthy. Sticking is more of a deeper um, a deeper play if you need to save a little bit of money. I see Henry Ruggs as a surplus of about 1,000 in both platforms this week as well. Um, you sort of think of him as being a deep threat. And with Carr not throwing the ball down the field a ton much in his career, it's a little bit of a worrying sign. But I'll point out that Carr has had a 58.7% accuracy rate on throws 16 or more yards down the field since the start of last season. And that's actually the third best of 37 quarterbacks of 200 or more total attempts. So I think that makes it a little bit encouraging now that he actually has a quality deep threat in rugs that Ruggs could actually have some good fantasy value. Meanwhile, Ruggs had a 64% offensive snap share in week five. Coming back from his injuries, had it, has had even more time to recover uh, with the team's bye. So I think you can get away with using him, even though, again, the Buccaneers are probably a difficult matchup. Hopefully he can catch one long, and if not, maybe rely on his excellent speed for some after-the-catch um, boosting for his fantasy value. Another guy workload related, I guess, here with A.J. Green for the Bengals. I see him as a $1,200 surplus in DraftKings, $550 in FanDuel. Uh, he had a 13.3% target share between weeks three and five, just 72nd among wide receivers, and had me sort of considering him a drop candidate in fantasy. But I could sort of visually feel like that he was actually struggling with a hamstring injury. Uh, and last week, Maybe a concerted effort by the Bengals, maybe just related to his health. His target share snapped back up to 28.2%, 12th highest among wide receivers. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's just a reaction to the fact that that they were thinking that he wanted to be traded or anything along those lines. But it, it, do, it did seem like a concerted effort to get Green more involved. And I think you can maybe rely on that um, as sort of a short-term play for you this week um, and boosting his fantasy value. Grabbing some guys that are a little bit higher on the board, Terry McLaurin. I see him as a $1,200 surplus in DraftKings at 5800 He is a neutral value at 7100 in FanDuel. Uh, McLaurin has been getting more and more work so far this season, up to a 27.5% target share, which is the sixth highest among wide receivers. Uh, so far with the, the quarterback switch, it hasn't led to a ton of value, but I still think that's going to help him out in the long run. And this week is at home facing the Cowboys, a very good matchup for number one receivers, boosting yards per target to the position by 10% and touchdowns per target to the position by over 100%, fourth highest in football in that respect. Uh, Kenny Galladay, another nice top-end option, $1,100 surplus in DraftKings, closer to neutral and FanDuel, but still usable there. Uh, facing the Falcons, I, I harp on them all the time. They boost pass plays in general by, by 2%. A top 10 rate in football, but for wide receiver ones, they just don't have the bodies to really defend them. 12% boost to completion percentage, 27% 
to yards per target is third highest, and then also 23% boost in touchdowns per target gives you a good value there. And then a few more guys at, at wide receiver. Um, Demarcus Robinson, I'll mention, I see as a $1,200 surplus in DraftKings in particular, 250 in FanDuel. This really surprised me, but he out-targeted McCole Hardman 6-1 to last week against the Bills and actually out-snapped Hardman 95% to 40%. So with Sammy Watkins being injured, I think we all assumed and or hoped that the second-year Hardman with his incredible speed would be the guy to benefit. But it looked like at least in one week it's Robinson. Now, there's a little bit of a sort of a whack-a-mole thing that happens with the Chiefs sometimes where they're just so <laughs> so explosive at so many positions and with their quarterback that it can lead to sort of boom-and-bust performances. But I still think Robinson is somebody, based on that trend, that you can use this week in DFS. And then DJ Moore, $1,100 surplus in DraftKings at $5,600, $300, and FanDuel at $6,600. Uh, he has a 24.1% target share this season. That Even though that trails Robbie Anderson's 26.1% rate, it's still 13th highest at the position. And I think his fantasy sort of a public perception has is, is trailed that because he hadn't scored a touchdown until the last couple of weeks. So I see him as, as a really nice value in fantasy right now, and it gets a good matchup against the Saints. The Saints have a good number one cornerback in Marshawn Lattimore, but that's actually led to their opponents' wide receiver twos seeing the benefit. The Saints cut completion percentage and, and receiving yards per target to number one receivers by about 15% each, but boost completion percentage to number two receivers by 7% and touchdowns per target by 62%, the number one rate in football. Okay, let's close this up talking tight ends. Uh, not a ton of values that I see in the platforms this week, but I'll stick with Hunter Henry as the number one option. $1,100 surplus in DraftKings at $4,500 and a $450 surplus in FanDuel at $5,800. He draws the Jaguars, one of the best matchups at the position. Uh, they boost tight end completion percentage by 7%, yards per target by 49%, and touchdowns per target by 128%, uh, those latter two numbers being top three in football. Next up, Austin Hooper, $700 particular value in DraftKings, but also $100 surplus in FanDuel. Uh, this isn't matchup related. It's actually just based on his trends and usage. Just a 12.8% target share the first three weeks outside the top 20 at the position, but he's jumped up to a 25.3% target share the last three weeks, which is the fourth highest at the position. Seems like another situation where there may needed to be a little bit of chemistry developed uh, with the new team, but Hooper is kind of back in that range that he was last year with the Falcons in terms of fantasy value and a good option for you in fantasy until his prices catch up to that in the platforms. And then finally, Dalton Schultz, um, a little bit of a, a shortfall in value at FanDuel at $5,200, but only $3,900 in DraftKings, so I see him as a surplus of $200 there. Uh, I really don't know if the Cowboys are going to be explosive offensively with Dalton and quarterback, but Dalton did seem to prioritize targeting Schultz in his first game uh, as the starter. Uh, Schultz had five targets. Maybe it's the Dalton connection um, with him. But anyway, uh, also with that, the, the Washington defense is a pretty good matchup for tight ends. They're a top five booster of both receiving yards per target and touchdowns per target at tight ends, which I think makes Schultz a good value. Okay, that's going to do it for this week's episodes of the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on your favorite platforms. Meanwhile, circle back next Tuesday when me and a guest will give you all of our favorite waiver wire ads for week um, eight at that point. So thanks, and I'll talk to you then. Mm-hmm.